1: Uh, my name's Tim. I'm on the ministry team as well. And um, we're about to dive into God's Word. I, um, I remember the first time I ever swore. I was in year seven. And we were kicking footy after the, the school day. And I remember I just desperately wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be like one of the cool kids. And. My footy skills weren't cutting that and I wasn't fitting in at all, I was shocking. And I remember I went to kick the footy and I, it came off like where it usually came off, the side of my foot and went over here somewhere. And I remember just wanting to fit in and wanting to be cool and so I just let a swear word rip, like, oh, where did that go? I mean, instantly I just felt guilty and wrong. And realised, hey, that, that word that I use actually came from a place of insecurity. You see, the words that we say are important. What we say has power. Our words can be used to build people up or to tear people down, to bring life or to destroy. And as we bring Christ into our, into our hearts and Christ into our homes and Christ into our everyday life, then... The words that start to, to be shared are extremely important. And so I wonder is swearing okay? Is using God's name in another way in any other way other than worship and reverence okay? Is gossip okay? Is toxic negativity in that finding fault in everything that we do and always talking about that okay? God calls us to use the gift of language in a way that honours him and blesses others. And if you've struggled with that, then today's message is for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would reveal through your word how we are to speak to others so that we would give joy to those around us because we have joy in our hearts ourselves. Lord, speak to us if there's an area of our heart that maybe You haven't opened to you or well, maybe there's an area that you need to do some work on. So that the, when we open our mouth, what comes out honours you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our primary, we're about to start a, a, mes- a series which is called Give Joy. And the idea of giving joy is, is this year our, our entire theme has been on complete joy. And we know complete joy comes from Jesus. And so once we have Christ, we're meant to share him. So we're meant to give joy. And today we're talking about how we do that with our words. And I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say something, and deep down you've, you've heard them say it, and you're just like, mm, say what? I don't do it very good. But maybe you can do it better. So on the count of three, I'm going to get you to say, say what? Ready? One, two, three. Say I bet no one online said that. Anyway, <laughs> it sounded cool in the room. And that's what today's message about. It's because sometimes we say something and it's like, yeah. sometimes you hear somebody say something, it's like, yeah. so let's see what the Bible has to say about that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it's our primary text for today. We're going to come back to this a couple of times. And it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. But but that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. It's like but, but I was working on some wood and I had the hammer and I hit my thumb and then do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But what about that person that was saying really bad stuff about me and I wanted to do not let any unwholesome come out any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth? It's like, man, this is a pretty high standard, right? What about the worst day of your life? Do not let any... Man, this is tricky, isn't it? This this is hard. This is a really, really high standard for Scripture to say don't let any, anything come out of your mouth that's unwholesome. Well, luckily, the fix isn't just putting gaffer tape over our mouth and going, job's done, (laughs) Yeah. There's more to it, and actually when we, we dive deeper into Scripture, we read in Matthew chapter, chapter 15, verse 18, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And so as we start to look at how do we change what we say, it's actually not so much about our language, but actually about our heart and what things we're feeding in our heart. You see, quite often when we, we speak a swear word, We're trying to put emphasis in something to show importance, which actually sort of comes sometimes from our our human nature. See, John 3, chapter 19 says the verdict is this. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. You see, quite often it's our insecurities, it's our human nature that allows things to come out our mouth. Do you ever wonder what is gossip? Gossips when you try and put somebody else down or talk about somebody to elevate and make yourself feel better or elevate your social status. For example, it's like, did you hear about so and so? And like, oh no, tell me more. <laughs> let me tell you more. And all of a sudden, people are paying attention to you. All of a sudden, you feel important because you've got the information. It's like, well, let me tell you about so and so. And you start telling a story about someone's doing really tough. Somebody's made bad decisions. And you start feeling better about yourself. Hmm, like, I feel good. I want to tell more people about that person because it makes me feel better. Elevates my... I feel important now because people are listening to me. And see, actually, you're not actually helping that person at all. It's all about you. And you see, it's that same if, if you... Um, if you start using bad language, swear words, or whatever, often it's to to put emphasis on something because you feel like you need to be ve- like justified in your passion or your your story. I, I quite in- intentionally try and spend time with people outside of the church. Now, I I love the church, love it, and and most of my time naturally gets spent up with. With people from the church. So I intentionally go out and spend time in different groups and with some people that that aren't connected to the church because they need to know Jesus too. But quite often I'll be sitting there in a conversation and and they're using language that I don't generally, or definitely don't hear here in the office, but I don't hear very often. And sometimes I'm listening to a sentence and I'm trying to pick what they're trying to say because there's swear words every second or third word and it's like, you're you got a flat tyre. I've got it. I know what you're talking about. It it took 25 words to say you got a flat tyre because every second or third word was was something that I can't repeat. But I'm like, right. But the reason it took so many words is they're trying to put emphasis. Having a flat tyre meant a lot to that person. It was really inconvenient. And and they're trying to to show that the the meaning of it was so deep and, and special to them. But at the same time, I'm juggling... Heart and insult being insulted at the same time of the language of trying to find it. See, as Christians, we've got to be careful of what comes out of our mouth because we've got this inner wrestle all the time of our human nature, which is the darkness of trying to elevate our often our insecurity. I want to feel important, like the Year 7 kicking the footy, or the person trying to get social status by putting somebody else down and something else. And the other thing that, that's within us in this wrestle is joy. It's the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says this, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, the moment that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the outpouring of that was speaking God's word boldly. Not not timidly, not, not shy, not trying to hold back, but they were so full of the Holy Spirit that it started to come out of their mouth because their hearts were full and it changed the way that they spoke. Now, I've, show, I've told this story quite recently. I'm going to say it again because it's such a good story and, and I'll, I'll tell the full story and I'll double back to the main meaning. Now, the story about, is about this this young guy who I met a number of years ago who has an incredibly amazing name called Tim so good and, um, and I get this phone call from this guy called Tim says hey I'd love to can I, can I meet with you and usually as a pastor when you get that phone call deep down you hear can I meet with you and deep down you just go no <laughs> but you go yes you always say yes even though deep deep because most people don't want to see a pastor because everything's going great right they don't usually want to say, I want to see a pastor because I want to give money to the church. Usually, it's they, they want to see a pastor because their life's a train wreck. And so, deep down, I'm like, okay, sure, let's catch up. What's this going to be like? Anyway, Tim turns into the, the church car park in a, in a Bug Eye 2000, 2000 model Bug Eye WRX, for those who are in the cars. I used to own one of those. And so, as soon as he pulled up, it's like, he's got credibility. This is great. I'm like, yeah, awesome. And he pulls into the car park and he, and he sits down and says, oh, I just want to share some stuff that's sort of been going on. I said, well, before you start, how about I tell you a little bit about myself and then you can share about yourself in that way. It's not sort of weird and awkward. He goes, yeah, OK. I said, well, my name's Tim. Um, I used to drive one of those. I used to have a bug-eyed like that. I'm into cars. I'm, I'm doing up at XF. I, I barrack for Hawthorne and I sort of listen to all these things. And as I'm speaking to him, he's kind of like looking at me going, it's got this, like, weird look. And I said, well, okay, tell me about yourself. He goes, my name's Tim. I drive a direct... I just finished doing up an XF. I barrack for Hawthorne. Now, it just... There was, there was seven things that, that we had aligned. And straight away, he's just kind of like, what's going on here? This is weird. How, how is this... How are these two people that are like... He's a younger, better-looking version, looking version of me. Right? And he's like sitting there just going, man, you're like an older, uglier version of me. No, he's, he wasn't saying that. But he's just like, wow, there's something in this. I said, well, why did you want to catch up? He goes, oh, there's a, a couple of things. Firstly, so I I, I was watching YouTube the other night and I started just Googling you know, YouTube and stuff and, and then I, I found this video on hell. And it got me really scared. And so I didn't want to go there. So I, I sort of... I think it was a prayer, so I said this thing at night time saying, hey God, if you're there, I don't want to go there, so can you do whatever you need to do for me not to go there? And I woke up the next day feeling different. It's like, man, well, usually when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you have to know who Jesus is. He didn't even, he didn't need to. God did his bit. You see, usually when we accept Jesus, we say, I'm really sorry for the wrong things I've done. Thank you for sending Jesus, for dying on the cross. I accept him into my heart. But for this guy, it was just like, I don't want to go to hell. God, you do whatever you do. And God did what he did. And the next day he woke up really different. He's a builder in Ballarat and he goes to work and he hits his thumb with a hammer and he goes, Oh, nothing comes out. And, and so I'm sitting with him, he goes, something's different in me, I can't swear. I'm like, okay. He says, no, I've tried real hard, and I can't swear. I'm like, okay. So unpack that a bit more. So, so what did you do? He says, yeah, so I feel really different, I go to work, I can't swear, I didn't know what to do. So, so I, went to, I went to research it with the authority of all important information, Google. So he goes to Google, and like, what do you do? I... I Prayed a prayer and now I can't swear. And the Google said I need to be baptized, so I'm here now. Can you baptize me? Ready to go. I'm like, this is awesome, right? So we had this chat with Tim, and and um and throughout the, the next month or so, I grabbed a couple other guys and and they met with him while church was on every Sunday, and they, they would sit with him and taught him how to read the Bible, and about a month later. Um, with those guys, all three of us went and baptized Tim it 's a cool story. The, th- the, the point of it is this: one day Tim didn 't know who Jesus was. The next day, when, when the Holy Spirit showed up, Tim couldn 't swear. Unwholesome talk couldn 't come out of his mouth. but more than that, even on the work, in his work, he, he changed, and other people started paying attention. you 're different. what 's different about you? What's changed about you? And Tim was sitting in the office going, yeah, I don't know what's going on. You know? I said, like, well, let me tell you about Jesus. And we unpacked it with him. You see, the thing with Tim is that wasn't the end of his journey. That was the start. That didn't mean that he had all the answers. That meant he was starting the journey. And for, for some of us, it's like, yeah, I had a moment where, where everything was really good, and now maybe that language has crept back. Or maybe I, I just start speaking negatively About people, or maybe I just whinge all the time instead of being hope and light, I I speak differently. This this idea of of being a lifelong follower of Jesus means that we're we're always on the journey closer to Him. There's always work to be done in our heart. You know, sadly, the church, I'm not saying this is York Street, but the church in general has got a a terrible reputation for gossip. Terrible reputation because. People sitting around and talking about other people. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing that the church has actually been known for across history. And once again, Scripture speaks against that. In, um, in Proverbs, it's pretty clear. It says actually don't, don't associate with anybody who, who's gossiping. Don't associate with a gossip. What I love about Scripture is Scripture actually speaks about today's understanding of psychology and counselling and and mental... in just such an incredible way. Because what does a gossip do? What does gossip do? Well, it it highlights the person. It makes them feel better because they're putting somebody else down and they become the centre of attention. How do you defeat that? Well, you take away the attention from them. You take away the, the people that are listening. And so when the Bible says, don't associate with the gossip... It's actually helping the gossiper by saying, hey, we're not going to feed that attention. If you want attention, show love to other people. If you want attention, care for other people. If you, wanna, if you want attention, invest in other people. Don't just talk about it and do something about it. Because the difference between gossip and living as Christian brothers and sisters is the action. Gossip can be, man, I see a need. Being a Christian is Helping with that need. We're going to talk about that next week, about the actions of bringing joy. You see, the the difference between even a situation where you can't do an action is just talking about it in a negative way or sitting on your knees with another brother or sister in Christ going, hey, can you just pray with me? I want to pray for this person. They don't even know that we need to pray. They don't even know that that we are praying for them. But I'm just so torn up inside that I need to do something. God, would you step into this situation in in a way that only you know how to? Lord, would you use your power to to help this issue? With heart and compassion, praying and giving it to God versus sitting around having a coffee and whinging about someone. You see the difference? It's putting Christ at the centre of it. Romans, uh, Corinthians actually sort of go as far as saying, actually, if you're gossiping, it's a sign of the darkness. It's a depraved mind. It's unfitting of Christians to be talking about others, especially other Christians, if there's no love and action involved. The Bible's pretty clear about it. Which leads us to like one of these questions: Do do, do you have joy in your heart? Do you have joy? I was actually sitting in a, a coffee shop when I was um, doing some of the final touches on the series for this, and it just so happened that, that one of the baristas, one of the ladies at the coffee, uh, were chatting and heard her chatting to another customer. And says, "You know I, I haven't had joy for five years." I actually, used the word. I remember, part of me was just like ached to go. Man, I know what joy is. Joy is Christ. You know, building a relationship, you know, as much as healthy and and responsible with another lady is in that sort of space, because she needs to know who Jesus is. Do you have joy in your heart? Before we start just leaning into what this looks like, I just want to touch on one other thing. And this is around our language and something that, you know... I haven't heard here at york street which is a great thing but but sometimes we do hear it within the community and i think it's something that we need to be informed about as a church it actually comes out of god's rules for life god's commandments which are found in exodus chapter 20 verse well the exodus first chapter 20 is the commandments the 10 commandments which are good things they're guidelines for life you know if you kill people that's bad right if you lie, that's bad. If you steal, that's bad. If you, if you just lust, if you just want more and more and more and more and more, that's bad. So the, these rules are actually really to, to help us in life, not to make things harder for us. And one of the things that says in Exodus 20 verse 7, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. This is using the name of Jesus or the name of Christ or the name of God in a way that's, that's not befitting of who he is. I don't know if you realise that there's no other religion in the world that uses their deity, their God, their God's name as a swear word. No other religion in the world. No one hits their thumb with a hammer and says, "Ah, oh, Muhammad. Or stubs their tongue and, Oh, Buddha. Now, no, one, no one says their, those names. Do you want to know why? There's no power in those names. But there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of our God. In the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess who is Lord. By the name of Jesus Christ, in his name, demons were cast out and people were healed. There is so much power in his name. I want to encourage you, let's never use the Lord's name in vain. Let's never, ever show disrespect to God's name. But also, if you hear someone using that, be bold enough to, to, to lovingly pull the person up and say, hey, that deeply offends me. I know the person you're talking about, and that actually really hurts. Do it in a polite way, do it in a nice way. But it needs to stop. Because... It's actually one of the commandments. And we don't want people living a life of lie or death or destruction or or greed or lust. All these things actually cause more damage to the people doing than helping. We want to stop them from using the Lord's name in a negative way. William Arthur Ward was a, a famous poet and wrote a lot of encouraging sort of thoughts and and scripts and ideas. And he writes this Flatter me, and I may not believe you, Criticise me, and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Ephesians four twenty nine, our primary text says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen build others up according to their need. For some people, to build them up might be saying, hey, you look nice today. To build them up might be, hey, thank you for helping with that. To build them up might be, hey, I heard you're going through something. How's, how are you going with that? There's, there's a passage in um, Job, where Job's actually doing it really tough. And he's, he's, um, his friends... It, the, the, I'll try and get it as close as I can to correct him in my mind, so I can say it right. His friends saw the distress that he was in, and so they sat with him and remained silent. They said nothing. What's the need? Sometimes in grief, zip it. No words you can say can help. Remain silent. Be with him. Offers maybe the, bring him food or do something, but don't. None of your words can help in the grief or the loss and that's bad build people up according to their needs 1 Thessalonians five eleven says therefore encourage one another and build each other up just in fact as you are doing I love this verse because it says what to do and then it does it it goes encourage one another like oh we've got to encourage you got to do it as you're doing you're doing it good job well done for doing what I just told you to do yay <laughs> that's cool Hebrews 10 says, you know, don't don't give up meeting together as the body of Christ. Don't meet up being the church because we need to do this to build one another up and encourage one another up and even more so as the day approaches. We're meant to be together. We're meant to be encouraged. We're meant to be building one another up. So leads to the next question. Do your words build others up? Do your words bring joy to the people around you? Uh, is the language that you're using uplifting to people? Do people see you coming and just go, oh, man, Whew, this is going to be work? Or do people see you coming and just go, yeah, I like being around that person because their words bring, like, bring me joy. Their, their words lift me up. Their, their words make me feel better. Whether it's the person that, that really doesn't know how to make coffee but's volunteering on the coffee cart to help out, you know, you can see it there. You can see some people are sitting there going, oh, "It's taking a while to get my free coffee today," you yeah? know, and they're frantically trying to do the milk and the machine and whatever else. And there's that one time the water pump burst <laughs> on oh, Maddie. That was awesome. I wish I saw that. That was so good. Yeah, they're working, doing their very best behind there to, to look after everyone. Are you thankful? Thank you so much for helping out. Thanks so much for serving. Thank you so much for the coffee. Thanks so much for, for this. Thanks so much for turning up to church. Hey, I haven't seen you for a while. So great to see you. How's your dog? How's what, you know, just, just investing in people, caring for people. Do your words build others up? Do your words bring joy? Do your words bring Jesus? You see, when Jesus wells up to that point in your heart, you can't help but see Jesus in others. You can't help but see people the way that Jesus sees them. And you're speaking of that, you see people's potential. Hey, have you ever thought about blah, 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 whatever it is? Because you see the God-given gifts that people have. Now, you don't need to have like an incredible vocabulary or a gifting for this. It can be just as simple as going, hey, I'm a believer of Christ. That can be enough. The year was 2008. we just moved to Sydney and, and I'd been doing a fairly physical job as well as ministry. I had two jobs before we left and thought, hey, I need to keep my fitness up so I'll join a gym. And so I joined this gym and a part of joining the gym was to get a, a personal trainer for a few sessions. And along came this guy called Chris. And like, Oh, talk about the epitome of a male specimen. Like, wow. He was both inspiring and depressing in the same thing. You looked at him and you were inspired like, I want to look like you, but I never will. Depressed. Like, wow. Just muscles on muscles. Just like, ah. you'd watch him talk and I'd be staring at his neck because his neck muscles are working. Like, full on, this guy was something else. Anyway, he said, well, I'm going to do, well, do a bit of a base fitness level with you and I'm going to do a thing called shunting where we're going to get all the blood to your lower body and do some lower body stuff and we'll shunt all the blood to your upper body and do some upper body stuff. And so we'll do some leg exercises, do some upper body exercises and then and just sort of see how it all flows. And anyway, somewhere between shunting all of this, this blood, my, my blood shunted somewhere else. And I don't know where it went, but it wasn't in my body. And I saw dots and stars for a bit, and then I felt just deathly sick. Like, I was just so crook. And, and all I could consciously think about, as I sat down on that bit of machinery that was there, was breathe in your nose, breathe out your mouth, and he had these bright, brand new red shoes. So my thoughts were, breathe in your nose, breathe out your mouth, don't throw up on the shoes. Okay. Breathe in the nose, out the mouth, don't throw up on the shoes. And that was pretty much it. That's all I could think about in that space. And so I'm pretty sure that the Chris is sitting there going, well, I don't think we're doing much for the next 20 minutes. We're about 10 minutes into the workout, like he fully broke me. And, and so he's trying to be polite and asking questions. The last thing I'm thinking about is answering questions. He goes, oh, you got a family? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. No, you've been in Sydney long? No. Nah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not in any coherent space in my mind. Anyway, he then asks, "So, what do you do?" I go, oh, "I'm a minister." He goes, "Oh, like a priest?" I'm, I don't want to talk. I, I just want to keep everything in. I don't want to talk. And so he goes through and, you know, and sort of said, I'm, you know, a church just down the road. I've just started. Anyway, probably about five minutes, I've, I've finally regained my stomach. I've finally started to, you know, I don't know where that shunted blood is shunted back and starting to work and starting to feel all right. And I, I, I look up, not realising, but Chris, this massive dude, is just like tears streaming down his face. And I'm like, what? Like, you haven't failed. I'll, I'll still be your client. It's okay. Like, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what? And he goes on to say, look, I I used to go to church, but I was told that unless I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and can speak in tongues, I'm not a Christian. Words can build or tear down, right? And he said, but there's something different about you. And like, I want to say right here and now, there was nothing different about me in the moment. I'm just trying not to throw up. All I'd said, my deep theological words were, I'm a minister and I work at a church. That's all I said. All, all I was trying to do in my brain was breathe and not throw up. That's all I had. So i kind of like Jonah. A few weeks back, we talked about Jonah and the sailors and he said, you know, I worship the God, the, the God of heaven, the God of who made the, the earth and the sea and God did the rest and all the sailors believed. It was kind of this sort of moment for me where I'm just saying, hey, I'm a Christian and God did the rest. All The, the words just... For a, from that, God was able to bring life into this guy and do do a work in him. And from then, over the next, it was probably six months. We would go out and catch up for freshly squeezed organic juices. That's how we rolled. And if we bought something off the shelf, he'd be like, oh, "No, no, no." Like, okay. You do you, man. All good, all good. I'm chugging lattes and cokes. No, but that's, that's the way he rolled, all good. And um, yeah, at the end of that six months, he, his wife, his two kids and his mother-in-law and himself all were going back to church. Speak life. All I had to do was stand up for believing in Jesus. That was enough to see that there was something in me. I wasn't critical of him, it wasn't bad. Just, it was just there was a joy in me that he could see and I can't take credit for it. It was nothing to do with my ability. All, all that I had control of was not throwing up. That was the only thing I can take credit for. It's like, yay! Didn't puke on the shoes. I want you to know that, that, that let's give joy with the words we say. Let's not be ashamed when somebody says, What are you doing on Sunday? Just say, Hey, I'm going to church. Let's not be ashamed to say, you know, why do you do whatever? Say, hey, I'm a Christian. I just had a conversation in the foyer just before about someone who was seeing an account, a psychologist, that said, hey, you know, why aren't you dealing with this so bad? He says, oh, well, I give it to Jesus. Speaking from a place within your heart that the joy of Christ just can't be contained. Do your words build people up? It's like that. the interns that were up here just a few weeks ago one of the things we told them before they came up, and this is, like, this is how deep some of our training goes with our interns, is like, this lectern is really strong. Hang on to it if you need to. Because like, it's shaking, right? You know, the old lecterns used to cover your legs. You know why they used to do that? Shaky knees. They'd cover the shaky knees. Now you get to watch their knees shake. It's heaps better. <laughs> That's like you get so nervous. And then the interns come up and they do an incredible job. Then we just encourage them, build them up. Use kind words. See people the way that God sees them. You don't have to be in a place of leadership or on the platform or anything to be seen. You can just walk into the room. Have eyes to see people. Have a joy inside that you can't share. Sorry, that you can't help but share with others. Let's give joy with the words that we say. Let's give joy to those around us. Let's give Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are in us. And right now, God, we ask and want to give you permission if there's an area in our heart that, is some, that there's some darkness, there's some work to be, to be done. Lord, we want to invite your spirit into that today. So that what comes out of our mouth is, is, a, is purely directed to our relationship with you that what comes out our mouth builds others up depending on their needs. Lord, we ask that if there is an area in our heart that is, is just being guarded or protected, Lord, that you would start the journey of filling that with your Holy Spirit so that we would be known as people that show love to others around and with what we say, build people up and lead people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.